Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. We're going to go straight to the Lord in prayer. And I pray that you are also praying with me. It's not something that uh, I want to do alone. I want to do this with you. So if you can just put the coffee down for just a minute, for just a few minutes. And bow your heads. Not if you're driving, though. Not if you're driving. For such a time as this, O Heavenly Father, let us not lack for knowledge, but to be studiers of your word and doers of your will. May we be your beacons, the beacon of light and hope unto all the world. Each one of us, O oh God. And may we be your instruments here in our own country to spread your love and your good news. We have set your people, you have set your people free. May we now live as free men and free women and not be enslaved by our own sins and lack of forgiveness. For such a time as this, your children are in need of your direction and in your, in need of your courage. Reveal to us, O oh Father, what you would have each of us do. You have brought each of us here today, not by accident, but by and for your purpose. Thank you, Abba Father, for your love, for your grace. And for your mercy. Abba Father, we receive your blessings which we do not deserve, yet you so freely give. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hosea 4.16 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Isaiah 5.13 says, Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. We can see today that our children are not only poorly educated, they are ill-informed and indoctrinated in the ways of what many of us would call paganism, but the ways of the world, the ways of government. They are intentionally being taught untruths. To live on emotions and not common sense or logic. To trust government institutions and not their parents. We are being told that our children belong to the state. We had victories. Constitutionality returned on, well, it was only six to three votes in the Supreme Court. But the streets are full of uninformed, ill-informed, and uneducated, meaning knowledge, 
people regarding what those decisions truly meant. Whether you're an opinion of abortion is a yay or nay, you should still understand that constitutionality, correction of the court's own mistakes years ago, you need to understand what that meant. But they do not understand, and therefore we see chaos and rioting, not peaceful, not peace in the land. In the last two weeks, three decisions from the court seem somewhat promising. But the party who holds the majority in Congress is livid regarding maybe not killing babies, praying in public, and your right to carry any gun. They legislate the opposite that the court rules. Personally, it bothers me that the court, the judges, are not together on what is constitutional and what is not. But then it isn't about the Constitution with at least three of the SCOTUS. It's about an agenda. America, we feel desperate to correct the wrongs that are being legislated. But the wrong isn't due to a fallible ruling document or constitution. The wrong is in the lack of education and understanding of this precious document. Now and then, muskets or AR-15s, as one of those legislators said. Oh, what foolish people. We heard mention of many, including President, by many, including President Donald Trump, when he was still a 2016 candidate for the presidency, regarding the SCOTUS nominees to be originalists, meaning an understanding of the original intent of the Constitution. And I believe this is extremely important, not just for the justices, but for every American. We should all have not just a superficial knowledge of our founding documents, but we should have a grounded and well-informed understanding of each. This comes with study. The good news is the Declaration of Independence, our Constitution of the United States of America, as well as the Bill of Rights, are relatively short and simple to read, unlike most bills that are being forced on us by our tyrannical legislators. These are the times that try men's souls. And when we are in such desperate times of emotions and that helpless feeling, we, at least I know me, I will make bad decisions when I feel desperate and backed in a corner. I'll reach for a fix, an easy solution. We're going to discuss what that might and might not look like today as we once again welcome Christian Gomez. He's the author of what I'm going to discuss today with him. He's graduate, he graduated from John C. Whitehead School of International Relations and Diplomacy of Seton Hall University in South Orange, New Jersey. Based in Appleton, Wisconsin now, Mr. Gomez is print, online, and video contributor for the New American Magazine. Welcome back, Christian. It's so good to have you here. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor and pleasure to be on um, on with you again. Well, thank you so much. We're going to discuss, as Christian knows, but I'm going to tell the listeners, an article that he just recently wrote. It's dated in June 21st of 2022. Article 5 Convention, Will It Work? Now, it's kind of a lengthy article, which is okay. <laughs> lengthy only compared to, it's not lengthy compared to legislators, you know, thousands of pages that they write bills 
and it's easy to read because I can read it, so it's easy to read and understand. Christian, the Article 5 convention has a lot of Americans encouraged thinking that this is the fix, but do we need to fix the Constitution? What is What is going on? Let's just kind of get started off on this. Well, generally, you fix something that's broken. <laughs> so when you go to the hardware store like Home Depot or Menards or Lowe's, um, you, you you get the tools you need to to fix whatever is broken at home, and you generally know what tools to get because you know what's broken. But when it comes to the Constitution, does anyone know what part of the Constitution specifically is broken that people are so eager to call a convention under Article 5 to fix what's wrong with the Constitution. Uh, I would say there's nothing wrong with the Constitution for the most part uh, that would necessitate having a convention that has the power to rewrite the whole document. It does have that power um, to go in there to, to supposedly fix something that that isn't faulty. Um, so th- th- we're seeing a lot of... Um, hype or excitement, you could say, over the last 10 years about from from organizations that want to, um, supposedly they want to rein in the federal government, but they want to amend the Constitution to do so, and that's not the proper solution the founders gave us to rein in the federal government. I, I want to discuss it. I hear the music. We're headed into our first break, and I want to discuss this in detail. As you have written here, I don't want to give it away, but I am going to let my... Listeners know, I have just this article, if you would like to have it. Um, it's going to take a bigger envelope <laughs> for a self-addressed stamped envelope. We'll probably get it. It's, it's, uh, we'll do it front and back. And, uh, I think you'll be encouraged when you read this and, and enlightened. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Christian Gomez. Article 5 convention. Is that what America needs and will it work? And we'll be right back. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rule America is the heart of production in this nation, our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in Rule America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radical like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rule America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America the lights on. 
You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Made in America is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing, the only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America. Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements, so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations setting your table is an important part of every meal the patterns you choose say something about you and your family bringing america home with libertytabletop.com or go to my website csetalkradio.com and click on their link call liberty tabletop at 844-386-2338 use the promo code bethann and receive 10 percent off your purchase libertytabletop.com We have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann Christian. And, you know, I went through this and I started marking up my own little comments. And even on the first page, you know, the Founding Fathers gave us Article 5 for such a time as this, which is, I use that uh, phrase quite a bit. Taking the phrase from the biblical book, Yvestri, you said, but are they right? And I put, it is a plan to fool Americans, and I believe it is. I believe this uh, COS action, the Convention of States, I believe it's uh, got a lot of, in particular, and I'm going to call them young because they're your age, <laughs> and uh, they seem to be fooled by this. And so let's just start with what exactly is Article 5. In the Constitution, maybe we should have just got it out and read it. But what exactly is the Article Five? Well, yeah, Article Five or the Fifth Article in the Constitution is, is simply the um, Amendment Article of the Constitution, and it provides uh, two methods for amending and two modes for ratification. Uh, with regards to amendments, um, either Congress proposes the amendments when two thirds of the um, of, I, of both the House and the U.S. Senate uh, see fit to do so, or the other method, which has never been used in the 230-plus years of American history, is the convention method, um, where the convention, which is called by Congress, so Congress is still part of that process, proposes amendments if two-thirds of the several states apply for the convention. Um, 
which gives a bit more say to the states than the other method, but it's, it's still Congress who calls it. But even in that method, it's not the states that propose the amendments. It's the convention delegates, whoever's at the convention gets to propose the amendments. Um, and then when it comes to ratification, uh, well, the ratification of amendments, whether it's the first method through Congress proposing or if amendments come out of a convention, because the convention, like I said in the first segment, they can, um, they, it has the power to create a new constitution. But if only amendments do come out of a convention, then the ratification process of three-fourths of the states being necessary for ratification uh, goes into effect. And then Congress gets to decide if it's going to be the state legislatures or if it's going to be special uh, ratifying conventions at the state level that ratifies the Constitution. That was done once with the repeal of Prohibition when several states did legislatures wanted to keep Prohibition and, and Congress wanted to overturn uh, the, the the previous amendment to um, to ban the sale and purchase of alcohol in the U.S. So they went to the state ratifying convention um, route uh, to circumvent the certain state legislatures that were not going to budge on that. So that's one thing that Congress has the option under Article 5 to do, to circumvent the state. So when we hear people like Meckler and COS Action and other groups that promote a convention say, oh, this is the method to circumvent Congress, the convention, that's not true at all. Article 5 um, does not circumvent Congress. It, Congress is involved in, 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 in both methods of amending the Constitution, very much so. And if anything, Article 5 could be used to circumvent the will of the state legislatures, not the other way around. And, you know, I, it, it's dangerous. And I thought that from the get-go. I never did trust it, even from the get-go. I had somebody on. He wanted to promote it, and I let him come on a, um, a few times. And I don't think he's a bad guy, but I think he's been bamboozled. I think he's been fooled, and he he got a little irate with me over it, and I said, well, you just haven't convinced me because I still read the Congresses involved in it, and right now, Congress is corrupt, and I'm talking both parties, and um, there may be a few people that are in there trying to do their very best for the United States, but for the most part, I see corruption, and not just in D.C. I see it in our state legislators, too. Everybody's looking to see what will benefit them. And not liberty. That's what I see. And, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm a well, uh, versed, uh, constitutionalist or anything, but it's not that hard to understand when it says Congress <laughs> that that's where it's gonna fall. And that is a scary thing indeed. And I believe Meckler and the COS are wrong. And I think they're getting rich off of this. I think they're making money. And I think they're also, they also have their own agenda, and that's just my opinion. Yes, according to the 990s for COS action, uh, Meckler does collect a, um, quite a big salary from it, and I believe so does his wife, if I'm not mistaken. I could be mistaken on that, so don't hold me to that part, but <laughs> okay. he for sure uh, collects a, quite a big salary, which is fine. I mean, it's his, it's his job, but uh, nevertheless, he is making a lot of money off of it. And when you look at COS's, when you look at the testimonies in the different legislatures, um, whether, when, when they're considering whether they're going to pass it or not, uh, it's always Meckler who's uh, 
testifying on their behalf. Um, w- when you look at those testifying against it, you see um, concerned citizens, members of the John Birch Society, members of Eagle Forum, and other patriots who are well-versed on this topic speaking out against it. But when it comes to the pro side, it's typically Mark Meckler getting on a plane, going to different states and trying to convince states, let legislators that are not his own, on why they should pass this um, when, they're, when the residents of, the sta- of their own states don't support it. And even though Meckler may have supporters in, in many states, oftentimes his supporters don't say much in defense of, 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 of the, of the, of the convention, uh, resolutions, because a lot of them are not, unfortunately, they're not really well versed in it. They've been, like you said earlier, bamboozled into believing it, but they can't really explain the concepts. I was at a hearing in Wisconsin, and Meckler was there. He, he was, you know, he, he, he had his prepared remarks and whatever, but when you heard the other testimonies from the folks who were for it, who came with their COS, uh, button pins on their shirts. Those guys, uh, were talking about what they were eating for breakfast that day, how much they love America, but none of them spoke about why they should pass the resolution or even understood the mechanics of what a convention is and how it works. Uh, they were just there to show support, but their testimonies had little to no substance. On our side, we had people of all ages, young girls, uh, older adults, pastors, uh, even speaking out against it, uh, articulating why this is a bad idea, not focusing on what they ate for breakfast that morning like some of the COS supporters, but on on what the nature of the resolution is and why it's a bad idea. So uh, the, what I'm gleaning from that, and at least in that particular meeting, is the COS is leaning on Meckler, and they're not really doing their own uh, studies. They're not list, they're not looking into what it truly is. And it doesn't take a whole lot. You've written several articles on this. And by the way, let's promote the new American. I, it, I really, I only have a few, uh, places that I recommend my listeners go to. And yours is one of them. And I have for the last year or so. And, um, so I do tell them to, to join that and to, to get the new American magazine. It's something you can have in your hand. You could save it. You can keep it in your library and you've got it. Um, Chris Ann Hall is another one that she has talked about this topic, the, the pros and the cons, and she says you've got to understand what it is. And I think that's what so many people don't understand. Me being a, uh, uh, skeptical person, the, when I read the Article 5, the first thing that jumped out is it says Congress. Well, I don't trust Congress and right now. <laughs> first two words of Article 5, the Congress. And it's like, yep. wait a minute, hold up here. That doesn't sound like it's we the people doing this. It sounds like, and that's what they see. They have convinced the COS followers that it's we the people doing it, but it isn't. It isn't we the people. That's absolutely right. You know, um, you, you were discussing how, how easy it is to read, uh, the, art, the Constitution in, in, in Article 5 and uh, and how COS relies so much on Meckler. Meckler uh, has been very condescending to a lot of uh, John Birch Society uh, folks and people from the New American. Um, mm-hmm. And when he's condescending, he'll... We have a speaker named Robert Brown. He's done various videos for the John Birch Society uh, against an Article 5 convention. He's very articulate, very knowledgeable, 
and uh, Mr. Meckler uh, will say that Robert Brown isn't a lawyer, and he'll say, oh, he's a carpenter, he's a window washer, because he talks about the jobs that Robert Brown has previously held. He, yeah, he's a carpenter, he, he's, a, he's a handyman, a very good handyman, too, but um, he's trying to condescend uh, Robert Brown and anyone else who speaks against an Article 5 by saying they're not an attorney because Mark Meckler is an attorney. He went to law school in California. Well, Mark Meckler isn't a constitutional attorney. When you look at what type of lawyer he was, he was an Internet uh, privacy attorney. So he didn't really focus on constitutional law uh, in his cases, but he uses his, his badge of being an attorney to, to sort of act like he knows everything about Article 5 and the average person doesn't know anything about it, so trust me. And that's, that's very condescending because when the founders wrote the Constitution, they didn't write it for the lawyers of America. They wrote it for, like you said, we the people. Amen. And and then we could get in. I don't want to get into it in the depth, but Webster created the dictionary so that we could understand the Constitution, the language, and everything. And it's very, very simple. We're We're all past that. We know. We just don't do. And that's what we need to do. Things have gone astray because we, the people, have not been knowledgeable. And it's been on our own. There's no reason not to study it. It's there. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with uh, with uh, Christian Gomez, and we're talking about the COS Convention of the States. And we'll- We have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is Beth Ann. I uh, I want to back up just a little bit to a convention of states that we did have, um, or a constitutional convention, and that was when they ratified and they brought in the Bill of Rights. And so I want to talk about that just a little bit, if you could kind of educate the timeline on that with my listeners, because I think most of them know if they listen to my uh my special shows that I put out like on July 4th and that they know when that happened and it didn't happen at the time that the constitution, uh, became our, uh, document and we had a constitutional republic, not a democracy. So if you kind of give that timeline just a little bit for us. Uh, oh, sure. Absolutely. So, uh, article 13 of the articles of confederation states that any, Changes to that document have to be um, uh, ratified, essentially, or approved by both the Confederation Congress at the time and by all of the state legislatures. Now, COS and Mark Meckler like to say that, oh, you know, they, they abided by that. When they gave us the new Constitution, they, all the states um, uh, ratified it, they say. It is true that every single state... Um, of, of the first 13 states, including, and also the 14th state of Vermont, they all ratified the constitution, the, the current constitution, but the current constitution, um, became effective before all the states ratified it. Um, article 7 of the current constitution states that the constitution, um, will be ratified upon the ratification of conventions in nine of the states. And, um, that's, exactly uh what happened so um on on um june 21st of 1788 june 21st which uh just passed 
so that we just passed the anniversary. That was the date of the official ratification of the U.S. Constitution. And on June 21st, 1788, only nine states had ratified it, which is what right. r- was required under Article 7. On September 13th of 1788, when there were only 11 states out of the 13 at the time that, uh, that had ratified the Constitution, only 11 out of 13, on September 13th of 1788, the Confederation Congress passed a resolution stating that the Constitution, the new one, has been ratified in the manner therein declared, referring to Article 7, to be sufficient for the establishment of the same, and as such ratifications duly authenticated have been received by Congress and filed in the office of the Secretary, the resolution said. But at that time, neither North Carolina nor even Rhode Island had yet ratified the current Constitution. In fact, the Articles of Confederation um, um, became obsolete uh, before all the 13 states ratified the new Constitution because the, the, the first U.S. Congress, right now we have the 117th Congress. Well, the first Congress uh, began on March 4, 1789, um, and George Washington was sworn in under the current Constitution. He's the first president under the current Constitution, because there were presidents before him yes. under the Articles of Confederation. But Washington was sworn in on April 30th of 1789. Well, it wasn't until seven months later that North Carolina ratified the Constitution. So when North Carolina ratified the Constitution, which, by the way, was on November 21st, 1789, the first Congress was already in session under the Constitution. The, the president was already sworn in under the authority of the Constitution. Um, North Carolina was late to ratify, uh, but they ratified still November 21st of 1789. And then Rhode Island did so. On May 29 of 1790, nearly two years after uh, the Constitution was first ratified back on June 21st of 1788, so it took Rhode Island a lot more, um, a lot more years to ratify it. And when the Constitution was written at the convention, when they were first writing it, there were those who knew that they would want to amend that Constitution because they saw a big glaring defect when they were writing, the, as even they were writing the Constitution, the anti-federalists saw the big glaring defect was there's no Bill of Rights in right. this. So the Bill of Rights didn't get added to the Constitution until, um, well, the Bill of Rights didn't come out of the convention. It came out of uh, Congress. They proposed, I believe it was like 12 amendments, and, yes. the, and 10 of those became the ratified as a package as the Bill of Rights, but that that was months after the fact. So there was a period of time in U.S. history when there was no Second Amendment, there was no First Amendment, no, there was no Tenth Amendment. Um, it was just the U.S. Constitution, and there were states that were uh, threatening to not ratify the, the U.S. Constitution because of that, but they were convinced to still ratify it if they can get these amendments. And in fact. Um, Virginia passed the first application for a convention because they wanted to have those unalienable rights uh, protected. And New York passed an application for another convention uh, almost immediately after ratifying the Constitution, saying, we need another convention because we need a Bill of Rights. But uh, after the Congress saw, hey, Virginia's applying for a convention right away, so is New York, other states will probably follow. So then Congress um, right away um, passed, 12 amendments, 10 of which were ratified as the Bill of Rights. So we got those, and no other state for decades, almost a full century, 
didn't even apply to Congress really for um, um, uh, convention. There were some applications like in 1861 for a convention for fear of trying of the, of the coming civil war to try to avert it. Uh, but you know that that was only a few states that didn't go anywhere. Obviously, the Civil War ultimately happened, and then there was the um, direct election of senators, which some which in the populist progressive era of the very late 19th century, early 20th, people thought that would be a better idea um, if if they had the direct election of senators rather than having the legislators pick the senators like it was in, in originally under the, in the Constitution. So there was a movement then for an Article Five uh, convention. Um, but besides the Civil War and the direct election of senators, which eventually led to the 17th Amendment that Congress created in the states, three-fourths of them ratified um, the 17th Amendment. Besides that, there was no, applic- there, there was no desire uh, in America throughout most of the 19th century for a convention once we had the Bill of Rights. And, of course, that was a time when Americans understood the Constitution, like Alec de Tocqueville traveling through America, and he talks about how people in Connecticut and in Massachusetts, it's hard to find, you'd be hard-pressed to find a single citizen who doesn't know the in and outs of the U.S. Constitution. Now, it's sadly, it's the opposite. You'd be hard-pressed to find anyone in Connecticut or Massachusetts or anywhere across the country who knows the Constitution super well in and out. Uh, uh, so... Uh, uh, the country's definitely uh, uh, changed in that regard. But considering the fact, think about it, there was a time in the 19th century when most Americans knew the Constitution and understood it, and they didn't want a, con- a convention uh, for the most part. And now here we are when most Americans and legislators and both the state governments and even the federal government don't understand the Constitution very well are constantly uh, violating it, and they're saying, oh, we need to have a convention? Uh that's danger, that's danger! Mistake. The light is flashing. <laughs> right, red alert! All hands to the battle. <laughs> well, the Seventeenth Amendment, I think, was a mistake, yeah. and I think that's the way it was meant to be by those who decided to propose that, because I believe we lost state representation. Now, anybody that's with right. enough money can get elected. Popular vote. And we see them hopping from one state. That's why some gal in Arkansas that's no good, rotten, and and horrible can go to New York and become a senator. And uh, we yeah. have the 16th Amendment, <laughs> which they did. And would we do that again? Would everybody sign away their income? I mean, it was a genius. It was a genius theft of the of the American people's money. And there it is. And uh, there are those, I, I don't know which one of those, there's those where some people claim that it was never ratified and some people say that it was of those two um, uh, particular amendments. There's just so much to discuss here. But again, red flag, red light, the sirens are going off. COS is dangerous. And I want you to tell us exactly what's going on behind the scenes, as you best know. Christian when we come back. I hear the music. Folks, I have his article here, the Article 5 Convention, Will It Work? Send me a self-addressed stamped envelope and I will get it to you. I encourage you to sign up for the New American and uh, you'll have lots of information within your hands and we'll be right back.
Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate, the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried, and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouth-watering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's Vine to Bar chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. Mike Lindell and MyPillow are offering a BOGO extravaganza on multiple MyPillow products. Now's the time to join the millions of Americans who have changed the quality of their sleep with MyPillow. Right now, take advantage of Mike's buy one, get one free pricing on MyPillow's bed sheets, Giza Elegance MyPillows, six-piece towel set, and roll-and-go anywhere MyPillows, and so much more. Just go to the radio listener specials page at MyPillow.com and use promo code Bethann or call 1-800-978-6168. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on select products. You will also receive Mike's book absolutely free with any purchase. Call one 800 978 6168 or go to the radio listener special page at mypillow.com promo code Bethann. I am Elmer Heinrich, president of the company that sells Immuno 150, the most complete nutritional product on the market. This product contains nine exotic fruits, 13 vitamins, 17 herbs, 18 amino acids, 70 minerals, COQ10, flaxseed, and much more. The 70 minerals are the key. Immuno 150 has what your body needs, especially the 70 minerals, because you have probably never consumed more than 20 minerals in your life. Place your order for Immuno 150 and include a supply for your children and grandchildren because they need 70 minerals as badly as you do. My wife and I have taken Immuno 150 for many years. I am 88 years old, she is 79, and we're both in perfect health. No aches, no pains, nothing. A month's supply of Immuno 150 is $49.95 and can be ordered on our website, immuno150.com, or by calling 888-316-2224. That's 888-316-2224. Like thousands of others, you won't believe the results. What if things were made in America again? We all complain about our products, even our food, coming from foreign lands and foreign laborers. But do we really understand? James Stubert didn't understand, so he dug in, and wow, he kept digging in. It all started with a light bulb. It held the label GE, but it read Made in China. Jim has done the research. Now you can have the answers in detail. Consumers can rebuild the middle class by buying things made in American communities. Find out why free trade resulted in 6 million lost manufacturing jobs and lower wages for most Americans. 
While free trade brought cheaper goods, we also had less money to purchase goods. That giant sucking sound sucked the life right out of American manufacturing. Order Jim's book today. What if things were made in America again? Send twenty four ninety five to CSE Talk Radio, Post Office Box seventy three, California, Missouri six five zero one eight. Let's build it in America, buy it in America, and bring America home. And we have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're in the final segment. We have to rush every time you're on. An hour is so short, Christian, for all the information that we need to give the American people on uh, the Article 5 convention and the the need to be wary of it. Um, I want to talk about three men. I'm going to let you choose which one goes first. But Rexford Tugwell... Robert P. George and Mark Meckler. I want you to talk about these three men and what they have to do with, with COS. Well, uh, Meckler is the uh, he's the, the the founder and president of COS Action, and it's interesting because back in 2011, he and a leftist law professor who is a total con-con uh, promoter on the left named Lawrence Lessig, who wants the convention for for left for left leftist reasons. These two um, together co-hosted the constitutional, sorry, the conference on a constitutional convention, the CONCONCON. They actually call it a constitutional convention in Harvard in September of 2011, and they were discussing. Um, Meckler wasn't full; he he didn't sound fully committed to the idea, but that was his first public uh, discussion of maybe we this is something conservatives and liberals too, because there were liberals there as well. We should all look into to get what we want out of uh, out of the Constitution. Hmm. This this is the this will be the way to amend it. We bring in together the Tea Party and the uh, Occupy Wall Street crowd, which Lawrence Lessig was representing the far left crowd. And then um, that was in 2011. Uh, the year before that, there was another gentleman named uh, Robert Navelson, who's a total promoter of the convention. All he all all he does is write about. He, he mostly writes about why we should have an Article 5 convention, and he constantly cites his own previous articles as in, in his citation. So he's always self-citing himself. But anyway, that guy, he was always calling it a constitutional convention. But then in 2010, he gave a speech where he said, we're going to put our, our, our efforts on pause, our concepts on pause, and uh, we, I'm never going to call it a constitutional convention again. Instead, we should call it something else, like an amendments convention or convention of the states. Because by that point, back in 2010, most people uh, who had heard of the term constitutional convention, which is what an Article 5 convention really is, understood that this is a bad idea because it has the power to open up the whole Constitution. And, whoa, who knows what would come out of that, like Scalia said about a constitutional convention. He was opposed to this idea. So Robert Nadelson renamed it, said, let's call it a convention of the states. And Meckler formed his organization, Citizens for Self-Governance, in 2013, and that same year, that organization of his launched the Convention of States Project, now known simply as COS Action or Convention of States Action. Um, but uh, and when Mark when Mark Meckler made the uh, COS, um, they have this document called the Jefferson Statement of sort of their statement of principles about wanting the convention. And they have a legal board of reference. It's a legal advisory board. 
and and and, and Meckler tight touts the people who are on it. Uh, one of them is uh, Robert P. George. Now, Robert P. George, who is listed on COS's website as a member of the Legal Board of Reference, who Mark Meckler, even even a couple of years ago, was touting as, yeah, this is a great guy that we have on our legal advisory board. He, um, by the time Meckler was touting his name, he had already written something called the Conservative Constitution, which is on the website of the National uh, Constitution Center, the NCC, the National Constitution Center, they have there these three proposed constitutions. So if we ever have a, a constitutional convention in the future under Article 5, they've already got three constitutions on that website alone that could be submitted. One is called the Libertarian Constitution. One is called the Progressive Constitution, which is super uber-socialist. And there's one called the Conservative Constitution, which is horrible because um, that one was written by Robert P. George. He was one of two authors who wrote the so-called conservative constitution. And the conservative constitution um, article, well, there's a part of it called Section section 12, I believe it is, where um, uh, they state, uh, well, this is its version of the Second Amendment. It's called Section 12 of the conservative constitution, and it states, neither the states nor the United States shall make or enforce any law infringing the right to keep and bear arms of the sort ordinarily used for self-defense and recreational purposes, provided that states in the United States, in places subject to its general regulatory, regula, regulatory authority, may enact and enforce reasonable regulations on the bearing of arms and the keeping of arms by persons determined with due process to be dangerous to themselves or others. So in other words, there is a version of the Second Amendment that's totally gutted. It, uh, it, cons- it would, if this, if this conservative constitution was ever the constitution of the U.S., it actually constitutionalizes, uh, gun control as long as it's, um, and it, it, it only allows people to have firearms if they're for the sort ordinarily used for self-defense and recreational purposes, maybe like a flintlock musket or a hand or a hand pistol, uh, but you know where would an AR-15 fall under this? And who gets to decide what is um, self, uh, a, a firearm deemed ordinarily for self-defense and recreational purposes? Uh, you know, future leftist courts and even members of Congress could say this means we can ban almost every firearm except maybe one or two that we'll let you have, uh, but, you know, something like that, and um, that they can fa- enforce reasonable regulations. Who gets to decide what's reasonable um, on, on, on bearing arms, uh, including, you know, pro- prohibiting weapons to people that are deemed dangerous to themselves or other people? As long as they have due process, well, right now the whole January 6th uh, committees in Congress, the left says that's due process. And all these people who were there in the Capitol building who've been arrested and who are, are being um, been sentenced to prison or are being sentenced to prison, people like Merrick Garland will say that's due process. So those folks who were there, they should never own a firearm. Or if you've been to a protest, or you intimidated leftist lawmakers or leftist judges, you're deemed dangerous, so you shouldn't have a firearm. All of that could happen with the so-called conservative constitution that was written by Robert P. George, who is on the Convention of States, 
legal advisory board. So um, when you look at people like Meckler and who's around him, it's very important to, to know who these folks are and the agenda that they have. And you mentioned before Rexford uh, G. Tugwell. Well, that guy, um, he, he was an avowed socialist. Uh, he was a member of the Socialist Party at various times in American history, and he was, he was in the FDR administration. But by the 1970s, um, he was hired by the, the, the Ford Foundation uh, to, write, to write a brand-new U.S. Constitution, and it was called the, new states, the Constitution for the New States of America, and it was published in his book, The Emerging Constitution. And uh, the, the Ford Foundation, totally globalist, um, that constitution is, 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 is horrible as well. I won't get into the specifics of it. One can read it online. Um, but if, we, if there's a convention today, ultimately it will enable these bad constitutions that have already been written to be submitted for um, ratification. And the way they would probably ratify any new constitution, whether it's the so-called conservative constitution or the new states constitution or progressive constitution or whatever, it would likely be through a national referendum. Because that's what the left's always talking about, democracy. This is what democracy looks like. That is what democracy looks like, and we don't want democracy. We are out of time. We've got to have you back, Christian. One way or another, we've got to get you back. COS is a bad idea, and it's not good for America. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at Loving Liberty. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Call Allforcivility.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth. To ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. The 2020 elections were one of the most corrupt in history. See the proof for yourself. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. 2,000 mules. The shocking new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. One mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. 2,000 mules. Join the special virtual premiere and Q&A on May 7th. Get your tickets now. Available only at 2,000mules.com. 2,000mules.com. Sponsored by Salem Media Group.